did Pope Francis Bergoglio properly, duly, and validly consecrate Russia March 25th, 2022? You've heard me talk about it quite a bit. I'm a cynic. I'm skeptical. I'll let you know right out the gate. But I'm here with my good buddy, Kennedy Hall. We do a lot of good work together. He's the voice on my trilogy, Sword and Serpent, 10th Region of the Night. Just finished up Storm of Fire and Blood. And my book, Antichrist and Apocalypse. And he writes a lot of good books. He's got a new book on Lefebvre and SSPX and all that. And he's going to come in. He's going to say, Francis Bergoglio did it. Kicked the field goal, consecrated Russia. That's your position, right? I don't know. You're a Canadian. Do you know That's what I mean by kick a field goal? We have, you know, the older professional football league is actually the Canadian okay. Football League, by the way. Good. Good. All right, so let's make your case. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to along the way, maybe, maybe pick at it a little bit. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. And um, I'll say as a preliminary remark as well, um, I know tempers can flare regarding this. I did work for the Fatima Center. I've been steeped in the Fatima world for a while now. Um, I just want everyone to remember Christian charity, you know, and um, also these are private revelations, of course, with a very public significance. Um, but they're, you know, if this isn't a day fide thing I'm trying to propose, no one should be anathematizing someone or calling them a modernist or heretic because you can't be a modernist or heretic regarding Fatima because it's not a matter of uh, doctrine we must receive as Catholics. Um, so if you disagree with me, very well. Um, this is my opinion. If you have a different one, then God bless you. So that's kind of what I want to say. All right. Let's do it. All right. Good. You want to share the screen there and then we can go through this. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh, Kennedy has prepared himself with not just some info, but he's got a slideshow and, yeah. and, uh, why isn't the slideshow coming up? Come on, slideshow. Here it is. Got it. Uh -huh. Okay. PowerPoint. This is my can, my Canva special. Um, okay. So Francis's consecration, what, or spelling error, see, what is valid? Was it valid? I should have said, there you go. I'm come prepared. Um, You're okay. Canadian. So let's just do a little that bit must of be a Canadian thing. It's a Canadian spelling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, we sell it, we spell it with a silent Q in the middle, but um, <laughs> okay. So let's just a little primer on Fatima. What is the background? What actually happened? Well, it can be summarized as far as the consecration is concerned. We're not talking about all the other Fatima stuff, Third Secret, you know, the vision of hell. That's, that's very different. And, you know, the first Saturdays. This is just specifically speaking regarding the consecration of Russia by the Pope uh, to, uh, uh, of Russia, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What was said by Our Lady about that? So Our Lady appeared to the Fatima children, as we know, and in um, one of the apparitions, and then also later in Spain in 1929, she asked for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart um, by Pope France or by the Pope in union with the bishops of the world. That's the crux of it. Okay, so what is a consecration? This is from the Catholic Encyclopedia. And the reason I bring this up is because we need to know what a consecration is if we're even going to know whether or not something could be valid or not. So a consecration, according to the encyclopedia, in general, is an act by which a thing is separated from a common and profane uh, to a sacred use or by which a person or thing is dedicated to the service and worship of God by prayers, rites, and ceremonies. So in essence, something that is 
a regular thing is then set apart for a holy purpose. Okay. So examples of this, uh, to understand it better, a consecration is not necessarily a sacrament, but it's a sacramental action. Yes, sacraments are consecrations like baptism, Holy Eucharist, consecration of priests and bishops and so forth. But not all consecrations are sacraments. Okay. In addition, uh, if we think about the difference between a sacramental act like a consecration and a specific consecration that is a sacrament, there would be rubrics in one case and in the other case, it's sort of left up to discretion. Our Lady didn't leave any rubrics, but she did instead leave it up to the Pope's discretion. Ultimately, a consecration is an act of faith and it is symbolized by an exterior action. An example of a consecration that families often perform, especially in the traditional rite, is they consecrate the child at baptism, not the baptism, but after the baptism, it's common that parents will consecrate the child. And this is to the Sacred Heart, the Immaculate Heart, and so forth. Um, and I wrote, by the way, you could consecrate more than one child at once. So as we'll see, Pope Francis does say Russia and Ukraine, but as an example, if you have twins, which I know you do have, Taylor, um, you know, I know at our parish when uh, children are baptized, after the baptism, the priest will take them over. We have this beautiful, grandiose, you know, five and a half, six foot statue of the Virgin Mary um, holding the baby Jesus. And then the parents kneel in front of the statue and say a traditional consecratory prayer for their child to be consecrated to the Blessed Mother as an act of faith by the parents. And if you have two children, you could do two children at once. If you brought a whole family into the church that they converted and some of them were grown up and some of them were infants or something like that, you could do that. So I don't want to cut you off. But uh, I'm just going to raise my hand when I have sure. a question. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I can't see because I'm looking at my thing. So, oh, my bad. My you bad. Just let I'm, me know. I'm like, I'm kind of looking yeah. like an idiot here with my hand up. All right. So, just uh, let me, yeah, what do you want to say? So, I want to push back on that. Sure. So, we, we do have twins, but for example, enrolling them in the scapular could be an analogy, mm -hmm. right? It could be. Mm -hmm. They got to each get their own scapular and be enrolled in it, they right? Do. And then I think yep. also, I can't remember on all, some of these things, but, you know, we've had our infants uh, usually consecrated it to the Blessed Virgin and then they're enrolled in the Miraculous Medal after baptism. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I think that's done when I've seen it individually. So I would push back on this and say, if I say to Father, will you please bless my house? And he mm -hmm. says, yes. And then mm -hmm. the neighbor five houses down says, Father, will you bless my house? And he says, yes, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And then I say, when are you going to bless my house? Father he goes, oh, I, I stood out in the street and I just blessed everyone's house. Yeah. So your house is good. Uh, in a sense, okay, but that's not really individuating and specifying. So like even in baptism, which is a consecration, part of the valid form is you have to say the person's name. Kennedy, mm -hmm. I baptize thee in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, preferably in Latin mm -hmm. or Greek. But last night, my son Beckett, we were going through the catechism and talking about baptism. And he goes, Dad, if there was just a bunch of people like you were like, you know, one of the Jesuits in the old time, could you just group baptize everybody? I was like, no, 
every single person has to be individually baptized. So there is yes. something in our tradition about individuating and specifying blessings, sacraments, consecrations. And so I'm not, I'm not going to say that you're just flat out wrong here, but I'm going to push back against it and say, it might be the case that twins would be consecrated together after, but the norm is almost everything in Catholicism is specified. Exactly. And I agree with you, especially for sacraments, because those are acts that do actually change the person's soul. So there's a, there's a very particular exact action that must take place. Also, for those, we do have the rubrics, which specify that we have to do it that way. Um, but it, with the scapular analogy, we, both, we just had a, you know, an enrollment in our parish, and every person receives a scapular individually, but then you can also have people say the prayer out loud together. Uh, before they actually receive the garment, so to speak. Um, and then if we were to say, well, for example, Our Lady said, consecrate Russia, which she did, of course. We could make an argument and say, well, what about each individual person in Russia? You know, does that include people who don't live in Russia? Should they be consecrated and they're Russians and their diaspora? So really, when it comes to these acts of faith, what we want to see is that the intention to do the consecration of a particular thing is there. Um, and as it is an act of faith and not something that has rubrics or specifics that are part of church teaching, um, then I think that we can say the consecration Pope Francis did could fit that stipulation. Again, this is just something that's my opinion and people can take it or leave it, but I, I think it does fit. If that's um, the case, just one more yeah. objection. If that's sure. the case, why not just accept the John Paul II consecration because he consecrated the world, and that includes Russia? Because he did, because he didn't say Russia. And I'm just saying, you know, like I think there are kind of two extremes or two mm -hmm. extensions we could go to. On the one hand, it's like let's call it the Novus Ordo route, where JP two said the world that includes everything. You're good. Um, that's kind of like if if your priest baptized or consecrated your neighborhood. Well, it wouldn't right. be clear that he was consecrating your house. That's not or what the whole for. city, the same, or the whole city. But at the same time, if you know, people see the Marshall family having this really cool ritual at their house, and they say, "Listen, I'm his neighbor. This Catholicism thing looks great. Can you also include ours?" And he says, "You know what? I consecrate the Marshall family and the so and so family." I'm not. I just don't think it would invalidate the intention to consecrate your house. Is all I'm saying, because there's still a specific mention of the Marshall family, um, and that's just what I think with regard to this. Also. As we'll see in the presentation, there are parts of Russia that have changed a lot over the last hundred years. Actual boundaries. Of course, this war that they're in right now is literally over what parts are Ukraine and what parts are Russia. And there's a lot of confusion. So one could make the argument that including Ukraine as part of it is kind of hedging bets for parts that were part of Russia at the time our lady appeared. Um, and this is the opinion that Bishop Schneider holds as well. So that's just something I think is good keeping in mind. Um, so as far as what does in union mean? So we have consecrate Russia, and then we have in union. The Pope, as the head of the church, by definition, acts in union with the bishops of the world when he performs an act of the church for the whole church. So put simply, if the Pope says, as Pope Francis did say, and we'll look at the text, I am doing this in union with the bishops, then in my opinion, this suffices, as he is the head of the church, the head of the bishops, and his official public acts are for the universal church, which is governed by him and the bishops. Um, you know, if we think about, for example, 
is it even possible to have every single bishop do the same thing at the same time? Um, in theory, I guess. Uh, but I don't really think practically it could happen. There could be illnesses, there could be um, uh, differences, especially in the past, communication. And at the time Our Lady was around, I mean, yes, there was there was a lot of communication that could happen, but there were a lot of bishops on the other side of the Iron Curtain and places like that. They might not even be able to communicate with them, uh, bishops in third world missionary territory that couldn't get communication for months at a time. Um, I just think if there's a moral intention to do something as the Pope with the bishops, I think that would satisfy without us getting into the realm of something like um, literalistic or legalistic approach to what that would actually mean. Um, also, Our Lady, she said in union, but she didn't say in unison. Um, if she had have said in union, in unison with the bishops, then it would be very clear. You all have to do it at the exact same time. Set your watches, figure out the time zone things. But even there, just to play devil's advocate to that approach a little bit more, you know, there are time zones that are roughly one full day apart in this world. It'd yeah. be very difficult to have all bishops on the same calendar date just based on that. So I just think that we don't have to go that far for the union thing, if, if that makes sense. Do you have any thoughts no. on that? Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that okay. makes sense to me. Yep. Okay. So what did Pope Francis do? He invited all the bishops of the world and performed a consecration. He named Russia and Ukraine. Um, he performed the ceremony under the mantle of Our Lady of Fatima, which was obvious if you saw the ceremony. It was She was mentioned, the statue. I mean, it was clearly um, a Fatima event. Um, and the ceremony was performed after the Ukrainian bishops asked for it. And their ask, if we look back on that, I remember um, writing at LifeSite, we actually reported on this, that like the day it came out back in February of uh, last year. Man, February was a crazy time. Trucker convoy and then this. Um, but um, they asked for it to finally be done. Like they, that was the crazy part is the bishops of Ukraine said, will you finally consecrate Russia the way that Our Lady asked? And the Pope responded to that, which I was shocked by. I thought because they said that there's no way he would have done it. Um, and he did. So, I mean, the impetus for the event was to what? To consecrate Russia the way that it had never been done. And the Pope said, okay. Then he performed a ceremony where Russia was not mentioned by name. Uh, and it was clearly in the tradition of the Fatima consecration requests. And that's what Pope Francis did do. Um, for sure, we could definitely take issue with, you know, if I was the Pope, what would it look like if I did it? I mean, we are in the time of the Novus Ordo. Um, we could say that the consecration event was a Novus Ordo event in, in, in its aesthetic and its way of operating. That may be the case. Um, but as far as the actual validity of the consecratory nature, I think we can say Pope Francis met those requirements. Um, and here's what he actually said. This is important. And I got this from the Vatican website. This is, and I did read it in Italian. And I remember I was reporting on this with John Henry Weston. As it was happening, we did a live stream um, uh, commenting on it. And I, so I, I heard it in Italian in the original language. And I see the translation. So no one can tell me I'm mistranslating or something like that. No Pope Slainer or the opposite of a Pope Slainer can say that. So he said, today renewed by forgiveness, may we, may we too knock at the door of her immaculate heart in union with the bishops and the faithful of the world Let's pause there for a second. If we wanted to be stickler, sticklers, we could say, well, Our Lady didn't ask to do it in union with the faithful. That would be us taking a, she said in union with the bishops, that would be us taking a very legalistic approach. 
which I think shows perhaps the extension we could go to that renders it a little bit absurd. So the Pope says, in union with the bishops and the faithful of the world, I desire in a solemn way to bring all that we are presently experiencing to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Okay, so in union with the bishops, Immaculate Heart, check. I wish to renew to her the consecration of the church and the whole of humanity and to consecrate to her in a particular way the Ukrainian people and the Russian people who with filial affection venerate her as mother. He went on to say, there is no magic formula. This is no magic formula, but a spiritual act, which I think was actually useful for him to say. I think some people do view this as something like a magic trick. The Pope does it the next day there's world peace, that sort of thing. Um, it is an act of complete trust, and a consecration is also called an entrustment, technically speaking. Uh, there, you can see both of those used in the tradition. You find that even with Pius XII. Um, of complete trust on the part of children who, amid the tribulation of this cruel and senseless war that threatens our world, to turn to their mother, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, one objection to this would be, he said the Ukrainian people and the Russian people, again, I think... A nation is a collection of people. This is also to cover the bases. I mean, there are many people that are Russian who are outside of Russia. Do they have to be included? Does it mean every citizen, et cetera? I just think this is one way of saying it. I don't think this would invalidate the whole thing. In addition, as I've mentioned, there were no rubrics left by Our Lady. This is how the Pope, with his discretion, is choosing to perform the act. Um, objections. Some people will say, Our Lady said, say, only Russia. Our Lady didn't actually say that. Sister Lucy said that once in an interview with the fella, uh, I think his name was William Thomas Walsh. He wrote the book in 1946 on Fatima. And um, on another occasion, Sister Lucy wrote to Pius XII and asked for the consecration of the world with mention of Russia. You can find those letters. Um, people will say you can't consecrate more than one nation at a time. You can consecrate one, more than one nation at a time. And the Pope is the supreme authority of the earth, on the earth. Um, and Our Lady said all the bishops, she didn't, she said in union with the bishops, not in unison. And um, she said this in uh, 1929 to Sir Lucy in Tui at Spain. So yeah, if you wanna say anything, jump in, but this is where I'm at so far. The thing that jumps out to me that'd be a strong objection sure. was what you just said about two minutes ago, and that is, the Russian people and the Ukrainian people, because mm -hmm. it seems to me that at Fatima, Our Lady is concerned about the takeover of Russia by the, the Leninists. So it seems that she's asking for the consecration of Russia qua state not necessarily I'm concerned about all the people. So like sure. if I, I can say a prayer for Canada or I can say a prayer for the Canadian people. And there is a distinction there. And you could say, well, mm -hmm. she didn't give us rubrics, but she did give us the word Russia, not Russian people. Again, I'm just, I was playing devil's advocate here. For sure. And, and I'll say this as well. There were two mo there were two times I don't have this in the slides, but I remember when I was commenting on this with Jonathan Henry, he did like his homily and then he did the actual consecration ceremony, right? Mm. The reality is the whole thing was the consecration ceremony because that was the event that day. 
and again, there are no rubrics, so this is at the discretion of the Pope how to do it. In fairness, um, in like 1940 or whatever, Pope Pius XII could have just gone on the radio and said, all the bishops, I'm in union with you. I consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. <laughs> like that would have technically sufficed. Um, whatever the ceremony may be, this is obviously part of Catholic piety, but it's not necessarily part of the message that Our Lady left because there, there are no specifics. But as part of the actual prayer as well, the Pope did say, and I'm reading this from the Vatican News website right now, um, therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your Immaculate Heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. So at one point he did say the Russian peoples, and another point he said, especially Russia as in the nation. So they're both said, in my opinion, this is something like covering our bases, um, and I think that that's one way of looking at it. Now, this is a, this part here, you can see on the screen, I have Jesus asked, make sure I have the right one. Yeah, Jesus asked for other nations to convert. This is very important. So the approved apparitions include the Fatima apparitions and then a select few after the other children had passed away, Francisco and Jacinta. And then Our Lady and Our Lord did appear to Sister Lucy at various moments in the 1920s and 30s. And in 1931, and this is a big one, and I'll skip to the bottom of the slide here, traditionalists um, and usually objections against the consecration are going to be from, you know, our brethren in the traditional movement. And um, traditionalists love to point to this 1931 apparition by Our Lord where he tells... Um, Sister Lucy, about the fate of the, the king of France. I'm sure you know about this. Yep. Many people know about this. Basically, Jesus says to Sister Lucy, hey, just like the king of France didn't do the consecration of France, the sacred heart, and then look what happened, the revolution and so forth, get this consecration done or that same thing is going to happen to uh, you know, uh, the church or Russia, whoever. People love to point to that. So, so traditionalists, and I'm sort of seeing the Venn diagram of traditionalists, and people who object to the consecration by Pope Francis, that Venn diagram is going to overlap a lot. They take that, those words very seriously. Um, but in that apparition, there's also something else that we should take very seriously. So 1931 at Rianjo, Spain, Jesus said to Lucia, you console me a great deal in asking me for the conversion of those poor nations, requested also of my mother. Now remember, this is the apparition. Our Lord comes to Sister Lucy. The consecration has not been done yet, and he's essentially upset about that, if we can use that term equivocally, that it hasn't been done. And he says, by the way, request it also of my mother, saying to her often, sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world. So in the context of the Fatima seer, who is Sister Lucy, Jesus Christ appears to Sister Lucy and asks that she pray and that it is prayed that other nations are also saved and convert. Um, so I'm looking at that and I'm going, if I'm the Pope, I'm looking at this information and I'm saying, okay, Our Lady's asking me for the consecration of Russia. Our Lord in the context of the Fatima apparitions is also asking for the conversion and how do we have conversion through consecration of other countries. I think Our Lady's will and our Lord's will are simpatico. So I'm going to go ahead and try to satisfy the will of Our Lady. 
and she would, of course, want us to satisfy the will of our Lord. That's how I'm going to look at it. Um, and if our Lord is saying Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, and the whole world, clearly mentioning more than one place at once, as long as we're specific about actually intending those consecrations to take place, then this can be consistent with a valid consecration. Thoughts? No, I mean, I just, I would just say, well, just why not say the whole world JP2 and be done with it? I would agree. And I would say, and I would, I would think that was fine if Our Lady didn't say Russia and Our Lord didn't also ask for Russia with a select few countries. Um, I also think this, I think if, 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 uh, because remember the first letter, I think was the first one that Sister Lucy wrote to Pius XII, she did ask for Russia and the world. And, I mean, again, this is Sister Lucy we're looking at. There are some inconsistencies in Sister Lucy. If Pius XII was to come out in 1940, what do you and think about a ceremony, Sister Lucy? I honestly, dude, I have no idea. You don't I, go there. Uh, I've looked. In, I mean, this is for me. It, it flipped, doesn't make man. a difference. I flipped over the last year. I, I think there's a fake Lucy. There very well could be. There very well could be, and. uh it's just, yeah, there very well could be. I just haven't spent much time looking into it. Because there is inconsistency um, but... in what Lucy, Sister Lucia says. Anyone, there once is. you start getting deep into the Fatima literature, you start to realize some of this tension in here, especially as you get into like the JP2 era. And it's almost yes. like, is this the same person? Not just even take away all the facial and the dental and the nose and all that research. Yeah. Just based on what she says, seems like a different person. Now throw in the face, the teeth, the nose. And you're like, yeah, I'm kind of persuaded now. You're right. And, um, and uh, if we look back to here, I'm just looking at my notes here. We see inconsistencies, and this is not to criticize Sister Lucy. This is Sister Lucy is a is a is a great saintly nun of the church, and I believe now she's venerable. I think we can all ask for her intercession as a great woman of God. Of course, she was very holy and very important to the history of the church. I love Saint Jacinta. I love Saint Francisco. We we ask for the intercession all the time as a family. We have a big, beautiful statue of Our Lady on our mantle in the living room. Our Lady Fatima. It's very important to us, but. She's not, we don't, we don't need to expect Sister Lucy to be endowed with the charism of impeccability or infallibility. This is not something that's afforded to regular people. There are times when she says consecration of the world, and then there is five or six years later, she says, no, Russia, Russia, only Russia. This isn't a book that is just a book by a private citizen. It's not like a dogma of the church. So there's just, you know, poor Sister Lucy. <laughs> poor Sister Lucy has been used for everyone's different opinions, and it's like, we know it's approved by the church. We have the apparitions. I think that we just go off of what we know to be certain, That, if that makes sense. Um, I kind of said this already, um, but are we to assume that Christ would not accept the consecration if another nation was mentioned, even though he asked the seer of Fatima to pray for the conversion of other countries? I think that, I don't think that we should probably think like that. Also, a strong argument can be made that Ukraine and Russia are intrinsically linked as nations in an ethnic and historical sense. Think of changing borders over the years. Um, I think this is my yes, second last slide. There's this element in the Fatima paradigm, let's call it, the Fatima atmosphere. I'm going I'm to call it the Fatima Apocrypha. So we all know that there are the works of Scripture and that there are Apocrypha. Not in the Protestant sense where they don't include actual books of the Bible, but in the sense of there are things that are part of pious tradition, but we're not bound to those things by the church. 
because we don't have guarantee they're inspired by the Holy Ghost and so on and so forth. So there are many writings and statements that Fatima devotees, in my opinion, take more seriously than is warranted by the documents themselves. As far as what is approved by the church, we have the Fatima apparitions and we have the apparitions of Sister Lucy. According to, the, to those, we have no strong reason to doubt the validity of this consecration, in my opinion. Sister Lucy was a great saint, but as I said, there are inconsistencies, which is not an insult. She's just not impeccable or infallible. Um, my final thought. So this is from the scriptures. So Abraham and the stars. So Abraham was consecrated by God and told he would have a family as numerous as the stars, the sand, and so forth. Many times this is promised to Abraham. One particular part I think is very important for us in this moment. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 and verse 12, it says, And he brought him forth uh, abroad and said to him, Look up to heaven and the number of the stars, if thou canst. And he said to him, So shall thy seed be. And when the sun was set, and this is the verse 12, that's why it's the dot, dot, dot. And when the sun was setting, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, or Abram, excuse me. So God says to Abraham, look at the sky. The amount of stars there is representative of your descendants. But the interesting fact is, is we see a few verses later, the sun didn't set till later. So he told Abraham that during the day when the sun was out and he couldn't see the stars. So the message is there. You know the stars are there, but you can't even see them. But you know they're there and you trust that they will be there. In the same way, you trust that your descendants will come even though you'll never see it, which he didn't. And it's important though with verse 12, because if you continue this verse, and you know this very well, Taylor, but for the audience, um, this is where Abraham, Abram has his deep sleep, his deep, horrible sleep, his terrifying, dreadful sleep which is a prefigurement of the crucifixion of Christ and the death on the cross. And why I bring that up is the crucifixion was prophesied. And then there were many who did not accept it when it came because they thought the Messiah would come in a different way. I bring this up to say, we have a promise from our lady, just like Abraham had a promise from God. We have no idea what it's going to look like because we can't even see it. And we need to be, cognizant of the fact that just like the descendants of Abraham, it could be right in front of us and we would choose not to accept it because it wouldn't fit our interpretation. I don't mean that to say that other people are rejecting the crucifixion or anything. I'm not saying it's that serious. I'm just saying, I think this is some wisdom for scripture about promises that have to do with consecrations. And uh, that's just how I see it. And that is the end of the presentation. Fair enough. Good. All right, well, I have one analogy that I want to give you. Sure. That I think will be pretty strong. Shoot okay. it down. All right, we're standing outside, <laughs> okay. you and I. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Kennedy, I have a very simple request, okay? You, you have yeah. to say something. And if you say it right, you get a million dollars in your checking account, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you say it wrong, you don't get a million dollars, and we're going to kill all your kids. So this is okay. absolutely crucial. Like you're going to be listening very closely, right? Because the fate of your children and your future prosperity weigh on all of this. And I say, I want you to consecrate that bicycle over there. 
<laughs> okay. All right. And you say, yeah. okay. And you think about it and you're like, man, my kids are going to die. I could get a million dollars. This is a big deal. You walk over and you say, I consecrate the bicycle and the skateboard. Mm -hmm. Are you going to take that okay. risk? If you said big deal. you have to say, if you said you have to say only the bicycle, I, I would not that. dare say. I said, you got to consecrate the bicycle. Okay. If you're saying you're going to kill my kids, I'm probably going to do exactly as you say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, I, under, I understand that. We're talking about but, souls falling into hell, Russia, mm -hmm. the errors of Russia, basically almost 100 years of chaos within the Catholic mm -hmm. community, the bishops, the liturgy, Vatican II, all that. We got a very simple plan. And my belief mm -hmm. is the reason Our Lady asks for this very simple thing to do, you don't need a mm -hmm. book of rubrics, is to reveal to us that the popes are disobedient. That's my belief. I believe they can't get yeah, it done be. because they're, they're screwing around on everything. They got to have weaponized ambiguity, even Pius XII. It, there's, there's something going on where a simple request, like consecrate the bicycle, cannot be done pope after pope after pope. Mm -hmm. And so I think the addition of Ukraine, and then I got to be honest, is, you know, you're going to, I haven't looked at the comments yet, but I'm sure the comments, you got people who are Benny Plenis, they don't even think Francis is the pope. Yeah, I haven't even. Yeah, I can't even go into that because right, because yeah, then that would thing. obviously yeah. de facto not be it. But I mean, also just yeah. asking the question: Is Francis a Catholic? I'm not yeah. another show we'll all, to yeah. go into that. But the fact that Ukraine was not there, and then I just look at the tireless persecution of Francis against the good guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not his judge. I can't see his soul, but after all these decades and all this confusion to think this is it, I'm just very skeptical. I would say, yeah. And I'll, and I'll answer that because I know we're going to be ending soon with this, with this show, but um, I would say with the analogy of the bicycle, it's very clear directly from the messenger to me. But with the case of Sister Lucy, even in the beginning with her requests from Pope to Pope Pius XII, we do see inconsistencies from her to the Pope. So it's not as clear as but your it's analogy. Not because, Ukraine and Russia or Ukraine, Spain, Portugal, Russia. Right? It's just But our yes. It's either Russia and the but our Lord does or come. Russia. Right. But then our but then uh our Lord does come and ask for other countries as well to be prayed for for their conversions to the Fatima seer. So, and then there's the, I mean, again, I would also say, I, I think that Our Lady would entrust the church to the governance of the Pope that she respects as far as the, the way that her son's church operates. And if there's discretion made on behalf of the Vicar of Christ in a time of crisis to sort of, hey, we're in a war right now, let's say Ukraine as well. Ukraine was part of Russia at the time, or many parts of it were. Don't at me, Ukrainians and Russians, for getting your history wrong. I apologize. Um, then I just think, I, I think if, if the Pope came out and said, I'm going to do Russia, and you know what? I'm also going to throw in China. I'm also going to throw in the U.S. It's like that has nothing to do with Russia at all, especially considering the history. But this, I just think 
benefit of the doubt can be extended. Um, and that's, I guess, where I'll end it. Okay. And Bishop, and Bishop Schneider, the reason I, t- is Bishop Schneider is, is of this opinion and I just, I trust him a lot. So. Okay. Uh, Bishop Filet is yeah. too, correct? I don't know, but I know okay. most of the priests in the SSPX I've talked to are pretty approving of this one, if that makes sense. Now, what would, I guess one final that you didn't cover is. Sure. Is the naysayers and they're like, ha ha, it's been a year. Ukrainian Russian war is even worse. No end in sight, more people dead. It didn't take. I would go back to the promise given to Abraham. After Abraham, it's look at all the problems the Jews go through, and then he doesn't see the, the it doesn't see come to fruition his descendants until thousands of years later. Okay. So yeah. I I do think you know, you kind of mentioned like the the magical spell theory. I think there are some people who who think, and, and maybe this would happen, I don't know. If you had a valid, proper consecration of Russia, it's like, boom, the next day, the patriarch of Russia calls up Rome and is like, we would like to come into full communion with the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We're sending the paperwork FedEx right now. I mean, that'd be cool. Patriarch Kirill sends a, a WhatsApp to Pope Francis yeah. and says, uh, let's do it. Why? Well, I, I mean, puts it out on tweet, old church Slavonic. Yeah, could be. And it could also, it could be that there's a bunch of stuff that has to be cleared out of the way before that can happen. And it's kind of part of the process. And when it happens, we'll see it. And uh, if it doesn't happen, it won't. And that's, we can't really know at this what point. If, what if we're doing this show again in 10 years and we're like, Kennedy? We've got more gray in our face and all that. What do you think, man? Nothing's happened. Do you think a ten years? I would is still. Let's let's give let's let's use one more analogy here. We've consecrated our children to the immaculate mother, immaculate heart, the sacred heart at their baptisms. I have five kids. God forbid one of them in their adolescence or twenties or thirties falls away from the faith. I wouldn't say the consecration that we did of them as infants wasn't a valid consecration. I would just say she's he's in Our Lady's hands, and we're going to see when the curtain falls how this thing turns out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's a good answer. Okay, great. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. This was good. This was good. Uh, I think we all need to be challenged, think through it. Um, Kennedy and I are going to do another show that will come out next week, and we're going to talk about... Archbishop Fulton Sheen on Russia. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really good. Uh, Kennedy, you should check out Kennedy's uh, YouTube channel, channel, the Kennedy report. He's already done a very popular video on this topic. And we're going to get into some of the clips of Fulton Sheen and look at what Fulton Sheen said about the, the purpose of Russia, the role of Russia. I made a video yesterday about how I think light will come from the East And uh, we're going to listen to Fulton Sheen and hear what he says. So make sure you are subscribed to this channel so you get that video notification. Hit the subscription button and then also hit the little bell so you'll be notified when it comes out. Also subscribe over at the Kennedy Report to get more great information from Kennedy. And uh, look for that video coming out soon on Bishop Fulton Sheen, Russia. And we're going to talk a little about Islam, too. And the name mm-hmm. Fatima in Portugal as it relates to Islam, yeah. the conversion of a Mohammedan princess to Catholicism, Muhammad's daughter Fatima. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of good stuff. So stay tuned for that. And, 
And I'll say as we end here, ladies and gentlemen, check out Taylor's audiobooks. Shameless plug because I'm the narrator. But you can get uh, the third one of the Sword and Serpent series is going to be uploaded within a day or two. And it should be available in a couple weeks. And um, they're pretty good. I had a hard time keeping it together uh, emotionally reading through some of the parts of those books because they're just so long written. Did you cry at the end of book three? Cry like a man. Cry like a crusader. I cried like... I, I I wept very manly tears, very very masculine tears. <laughs> For those of you that know, I, I have a, a three part novel, historical novel trilogy on Saint George and Constantine and Saint Helena. It's uh, it's long. It's, really it's over fourteen hundred pages, uh, but it's a trilogy. And Kennedy Hall does the narration, and it's brilliant because he does voices for all the different characters. So it's really sometimes when you listen to a novel, it's kind of harder to know who's talking to who. Kennedy, he even does the girl voices. If you want to hear that, make sure you download it. You can get it audible. Uh, the first two books are out. Third book, like you said, will be out soon. So Kennedy, thanks for doing a great work on that. I'm really, really pleased and proud of the work you did on that. So thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, uh, let's let's pray. It's suitable for us to pray a Hail Mary. We'll pray the Ave Maria in Latin. I'll pray the first half. You pray the second half. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Oremus in nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I always love your Latin accent, Kennedy. Sounds so much cooler than mine. Thank you. Very nice. Got the little Italian. There you go. Talent on, it's good. I like yep. it. All right, buddy. Make sure you, you like this video, share it all around Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Thanks, Kennedy. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Yep.